For the past five and a half months, we have focused on and celebrated the life of Jesus Christ. From his birth at Christmas, his baptism and the beginning of his ministry, his passion, death, and resurrection, and his ascension to the Father. And finally, the fulfillment of his promise when he sent to us the Holy Spirit. Christ's life condensed down into about 20 weeks. The Reader's Digest version of Jesus Christ's biography. Last week, we celebrated the mystery of the Trinity, and more importantly, about how God, the supreme being, and the creator of all that exists, beyond all of our understanding, chooses to make us his sons and daughters by adoption. And because we are his children, he desires to be as close to us as we desire to be with our children and as a child does with their parents. Today now, we celebrate the feast of Corpus Christi, and it almost seems a bit anticlimactic. It's, an, it's a, a kind of a, a different ending to this incredible story of our salvation. I mean, it really, it comes as the 10th Sunday in ordinary time. But to the contrary, this feast really is the high mark of our liturgical worship. Because today, we celebrate the means God uses to fulfill his great desire to be one with us. And he shares with us his very body, blood, soul, and divinity. The liturgy, and in particular the Eucharist, the church declares, is the source for achieving the most effective way possible human sanctification and God's glorification. And it's the end to which all of the church's other activities are directed. The Eucharist, it's the source and the summit of our life of faith. And if we think about it, what doctrine of the church most clearly identifies us as Catholics? What teaching of Christ caused many of his disciples to stop following him during his life on earth and even today because it is too difficult to accept? St. John devotes an entire chapter of his gospel to Jesus' discourse called the Bread of Life Discourse. It's a teaching that is so fundamental to our salvation. In it, Christ teaches that unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life within you. 
even Jesus teaches us that above all else, we must eat his body and drink his blood in order to share an eternal life. This great mystery of the Eucharist was brought to a reality on Holy Thursday night during the Last Supper, and again after the resurrection when Jesus meets the disciples on the road to Emmaus. It's in this latter story, while the Word of God inflames the hearts of the disciples, you hear them say, were not our hearts burning? But it isn't until he graces them with his real presence in the breaking of the bread that he has made known to them, that they see and recognize the true presence of Christ. My friends, this feast of Corpus Christi is so important because it focuses on the means for our salvation, the fulfillment of Jesus' ministry. In the Eucharist, Christ becomes incarnate within us. He dwells in us as he dwelt within the womb of Mary. His suffering, his death and resurrection culminated in the reunification of God with his people. And his Eucharist now sanctifies us, nourishes us, and unites us with the divine until we achieve the beatific vision when we pass from this life. Why then do we as Catholics fail to recognize this miraculous gift? Do we take the Eucharist as so familiar, so routine, that it's lost its meaning? Has familiarity bred both contempt and complacency? And I don't use these last two terms lightly because for many Catholics, they show no or little respect for the Eucharist either when they receive it or when they pass by the tabernacle. Honestly, most of us believe the Eucharist is Jesus' body and blood. But because our faith is weak, we become rather indifferent to Christ's presence. The Eucharist becomes so commonplace, we no longer contemplate on the gift, and we do not allow it to change and transform us. We need to pray. I believe. Help my unbelief. The Eucharist, it's our foundation of hope. While our faith teaches us the truth of Christ's presence, hope provides us the purpose for the gift. 
We trust in Jesus' promise that we will live with him forever. And this hope is not something that is just for our future, but it provides us confidence and courage to live out our faith in our everyday life. It should be the basis of our joy and our peace. The Eucharist is God's way of uniting us to him in the ultimate act of love. During the Last Supper, Jesus prayed that we might be one with him as he is with the Father. In his desire to unite all humanity to God and to share the divine life, it finds its supreme means in the Eucharist. For what more potent means could there be for how God chooses to unite himself to us? Where could we find a more life-giving food than the body of Christ, which is the source of all life and grace? In this Eucharist, we receive the very person of Jesus. Today, we need to pray for a renewed infusion of grace. We must fight against the complacency of the familiar and reopen our eyes of faith, trusting in Jesus' promise, compelling us to act in accord with his command to love. We must make Jesus the very air we breathe, without which we would be lost. Jesus is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We need to rejoice and be glad.